Welcome to Enterprise Hardcore Podcast. My name is Josh Lyons. I've been listening to Hardcore and Punk since 1995. I have booked shows, put out a fanzine, run a record label, and now I'm doing a podcast. This is the Enterprise Hardcore Podcast. Welcome to episode 40. As always, you can find the podcast on the web at enterprisehardcorepodcast.com. Make sure you give us a follow on Instagram, Enterprise Hardcore Podcast. As I've mentioned on the last couple episodes, uh, I'm going to be looking for advertisers, so get a hold of me through the Instagram or the website if you're interested in that kind of stuff. Uh, there will also be merchandise and a Patreon coming later this year. And this is the first episode that will be airing since I found out that this podcast, Enterprise Hardcore Podcast, has made the finals of the uh, City Best of Rochester contest, which is pretty cool. Um, I guess it's kind of like a popularity contest, but whatever. You know, uh, I still think it's pretty cool to get the name out there that way. So thanks everybody for voting and uh, please vote more uh, to get us, you know, the victory. So anyways, uh, tonight we're going to be talking to Chris, who uh, just recently joined Borrowed Time. But uh, as he was telling me before we started the interview, uh, he's kind of working with those guys for a little while. So I'm interested to hear that whole story. So I guess without anything else being said, how's everything going for you tonight, Chris? Not too bad. Not too bad. How about yourself? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Like I was telling you off air, kind of got started a little later than expected. But as you know, having kids, uh, that kind of stuff tends to happen sometimes. So, Oh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to hear about Borrowed Time and all that stuff. But as I'm sure you've kind of noticed from listening to the other episodes, I kind of like to get a little background on people first. So let's kind of jump into your upbringing a little bit first. I, I, I moved a lot. But when I was like kindergarten to fourth grade, I lived in Shiloh. I think developed that stuff you know that early stuff and then I moved to the city and then because the parents separated and and then you know it was just unstable all the time and crazy so just going from school to school and just moving from place to place and so it was just you know I never really you know had that whatever you know whatever security I was just always in the city whatever eventually I went to Penfield for a little bit which I ended up joining my first band there it wasn't hardcore or anything but it was like a band you know I was into like that kind of music like anything that was heavy new metal rock you know anything with that sounded heavy i was just attracted to it and then i moved back to the city and then found hardcore and rest is history i guess <laughs> and now we're talking like mid-2000s era pretty much i would say early 2000s like my very first show was in 2002 okay. and then from there it was just straight going to shows but when i was doing that it was probably late 1990s when I did that first thing at Penfield probably like yeah because it was like my freshman year of high school like 2000-ish yeah I was gonna say I guess I've never asked you like I, I'm, I'm I turned 40 this year like like how like how, how many years apart are we then I guess oh five things I turned 35 okay. in January okay yeah and you have a brother Paul too so um like how how did that connection with hardcore come up like did you guys kind of get into it together or did you get into it first then you introduced him to it type thing yeah i got into it and i introduced to him it's kind of funny um so i had an extra ticket to this show at water street it was like shadows fall full-blown chaos all that remains and candiria was on that and i had an extra ticket my brother was probably 12 or 13 at the time and i was like fuck it let me just take them let's see what happens we get there and all of a sudden immediately you know security comes like hey he needs to wear hearing protection and they let him come in so it was dope and then some girls like oh my god he's so little and so they grabbed him they brought him to meet him the singer of shadows fall he's all scared he's never been to anything like this before but yeah but after that he just started going with me to local shows but i had just started seeing like dawn of war and bands like that and so i just started bringing them yeah yeah paul was always a good dude i saw him a couple weeks ago he told me he's moving to vegas i don't know if he already did or not actually but 
Um, so, you know, good luck to him, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think he moved uh, last Friday. That's cool, man. I've, I've been there a couple times, and I definitely will, will uh, say what's up to him next time I go out there, which probably won't be anytime soon, obviously. But, you know, so, so yeah, you mentioned Dawn of War. Obviously, we'll be talking about them and Borrowed Time a lot because that's like – I, I said that's around the time when you and I kind of met each other too is like when those shows are popping off a lot too but like and you mentioned like that Shadows Fall show you took Paul to but I guess what I'm getting at is like were there early shows that like kind of stand out for you that kind of made you realize like this was like the scene that you kind of wanted to gravitate more towards yeah there are a few key shows I'd say like the very first show I ever went to like on my own was uh like it was Lost Profits and uh, Third Strike, right off of uh, like Warped Tour or uh, Ozfest, one of those things. Went with some friends, and like a few weeks later, I think it was like Soulfly, Northside Kings at uh, Water Street as well. And then I went to that with some friends, and then like a week later, I ended up going to uh, Ultimate, and Aiden was actually tattooing there. And I just got into some heavier stuff, you know. I've been listening to Hatebreed, I was listening to Marauder, but I didn't know what hardcore was. I was just like, gravitating towards heavy shit. And all of a sudden, I, I heard the term emo core because I was on pure volume all the time. I didn't know what hardcore was. I just saw this term emo core. And I, didn't know, I didn't know what emo was either. I saw the term core. I was like, oh, that sounds heavy. And then I brought that up to Aiden. He was like, oh, fuck that, man. Listen to hardcore. He's like, go listen to Agnostic Front. Go listen to Madball. Go listen to Sick of It All. And I immediately went and got to listen to those kind of bands. And then, boom. So it's kind of funny. It's all full circle from... I met Aiden, he told me about hardcore, and now I sing for Borrow Time, which was, you know, Borrow Time. You know, that's something I never really thought about, and and you had mentioned before you and I got to talking tonight that you would listen to the episode that, that just aired with him. We didn't talk about that all in the episode, like him, I mean, we talked about him tattooing a little bit, but we didn't talk about like him like tattooing in Rochester a lot, and I'm guessing that, like, working in, like, Love, Hate, and you mentioned Ultimate and a couple other places, he probably introduced a lot of people to a lot of different kinds of music that you know, didn't know about that stuff otherwise. And there's probably a lot of other people that work at those places too. So it's cool that there's been that. And I guess, like, I'm guessing that that kind of obviously is what you're saying kind of helped you introduce you to hardcore is like going like to tattoo shops and meeting those guys and stuff then. 100%. Yeah. I went there like right after that Northside King show with uh, Soulfly. And then he was talking about it. It was like, I chimed in, you know, 16 year old kid. And then he was like, you know, started just talking about it. And I just mentioned Marauder. I just happened to like listen to them on like this music channel. They just came up from like Brutality. Uh, and then he was like, yeah, he's like, I, I, I like them. And then he started telling me all the other bands, you know, when, especially young Aiden back, this was like, like 2002, you know, so long yeah. time ago. Yeah, that's when those guys were really stoked about that because we would have been going to like Hellfest and stuff back then. And I, I, I want to say Marauder played one of those Hellfests and those guys, him and Jim were just going nuts for all those bands. So those were definitely good times. So yeah, let's get into it though. We've been talking, we've been kind of dancing around Donna War and Borrowed Time. I mean, obviously you're singing for Borrowed Time, which we'll get to in a little bit, but uh, one of my favorite eras, which it's interesting because like I was kind of like really into hardcore in the, in the years you're talking about before, like late 90s, early 2000s. And then I kind of like, I wouldn't say lost touch with it, but a few things kind of made me lose interest a little bit. And I wasn't quite as into the scene, but there were bands like Dawn of War and Borrowed Time that kept me like heavily involved. And then I met people like you and your brother that I could tell were like really passionate about this music and shit. So like, what was that time period like for you? You know what I mean? Like, seeing those, all those bands together all the time like that. And you could throw on, like, Buffalo bands, like Infamous, too, obviously. Oh, dude, you can't talk about Borrowed Time and Dawn of War without talking about Infamous. Like, they all went, like, hand in hand, you know? Like, when I think about, like, when I really got into, like, the local hardcore scene, those were, like, the staples. And then you had, like, the local metalcore scene. Like, you had, uh, what was it, uh, Ryan Burke's band, uh, The Following Dawn. You had, like, Mainline Adrenaline. Like, they were, like, always playing shows together. Like, I remember the first time I saw Dawn of War, 
like it was, I want to say it was with Mainline Adrenaline the following dawn, I think it was like Ligia, that was like their showcase show. And uh, I saw these dudes all on stage, all wearing bubble vests, wearing like hate break shirts, wearing the army hat, wearing cargo, like, you know, camo shorts, like, yo, like there's local bands like this, holy shit. And then like, I was like, I need to start making sure I go like all local shows. I thought this was all like national bands, like, you know, like Throwdown and Hate and shit like that. And that's so what I was like, going to say. I'm sorry, but that's what I was going to say too, is like you and Paul, like, and that's, that's where I was going when I was saying before, is like, you guys were at like all those shows. Like anytime Borrow Time was playing, like Dawn of War, like you guys were up front, like right there. You know what I mean? Like, and, that, and, that, and those are like, again, like I'm saying, like some real fond memories for me because like, that's kind of like what, what the glue was for me that kept not only me in, into hardcore for those years that I was kind of losing touch, but I feel like that was the glue for like Rochester hardcore. Like you're talking about like metalcore too. And like, obviously like Donna War and Bar Time, like played all those shows too. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. It, it was definitely a, a very, a very good era for me. And, and it sounds like for you too, you know? Yeah. The scene was fun then. Like it was, it was sick. And now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of racking my brain because I'm, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. We'll talk about your, you know, the, the previous man in a second, but I'm, I'm wearing this shirt tonight uh the grill biscuit shirt from when they played black and blue 2011 and i i feel like i have a memory of being outside that show before it started and running into you guys out there too right yep. yeah yeah i was definitely there i was there with my boy adam and kyle you know it was that was that was a sick show and i went to the next day to the bulldoze show that was that was an awesome weekend man i wish i would have seen that too because i think that was well i don't know if they did any reunion shows after that but that was like their last show at the time or whatever it was pretty close to the end i think they played like texas or something like that afterward but it was very like skim yeah, that's I never seen Bulldoze, and that's obviously like a real, real hard band, you know. So when did all the traveling come into play? Was that pretty quick after you you realized there was a local scene, and then you just wanted to start going to like Buffalo and Syracuse and stuff too? Well, like simultaneously while I was like going to shows, I was also in like metalcore bands and like just trying to get in bands when I could. And I got into a band. I was like this band, Burning to Entice, which I, funny enough, uh, the singer at the time was I, I wasn't the original singer. I came in, and it was actually Bud's brother, Frank. And so, like, I, I was boys with uh, one of the guitar players. Like, we were all, like, city kids or whatever. One day, I started hanging out with them. You know, I kind of knew Bud from the scene, kind of. I saw him at shows. And then we started, like, hanging out all the time. Before I know it, I kind of replaced Frank. And uh, I started hanging. I saw Bud and uh, John, uh, you know, John Jeremy. I saw those two out at, like, some, like, uh, special pass movie thing at uh movie theater and then we started hanging out more me and my brother started always like hanging out then gun it happened and uh we were always going to shows with bud though like we were just like hey you want to go to a show you want to go to a show so we were like well, i came home from the army one time went to like strength for a reason out in like um albany or something like that you know we went to like mad ball out in like buffalo we were always just going to shows you know have heart and death before honor out some skate park out in like i don't even know where it was just so from there, I went to the, you know, Bud left, whatever. And I came up in the army. I started hanging out with other people, just going to shows, you know, and just, just made it a regular thing. You know, I just had it. And still to this day, I'm always going to fest. I'm always going to shows. It's just, I have to. There's, there's two things you touched on there. Uh, uh, the military thing, I definitely want to touch on again in a second. But, but Bud's name really hasn't come up on here a lot. And he's somebody who obviously was very important to the scene during that era. And... It's unfortunate, you know, like I, I've mentioned in a lot of other episodes and obviously we'll talk in a minute about other people that we've lost, like that we've lost a lot of people in the scene in the last 10 years, you know, like, I mean, obviously we're not getting any younger, but, but these people aren't, aren't and weren't that old, you know what I mean? So it's definitely, you know, tragic that we lost like some, 
very integral parts to our, our scene, you know? Yeah, yeah. Bud was awesome. <laughs> he was the man. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely have fond memories of at least one, if not two, uh, Donna Warvan rides to Buffalo with, with him and, a, and some other people. And, and those shows were always a fucking blast. You know, it was like Donna War and Infamous and... I feel like Wisdom and Chains probably played too. You know, I was getting ready to travel across country that summer. So I was just going to like any like area shows I could and just like, I didn't think I was coming back. You know how that is when you go somewhere like you might, you might not come back to here or whatever. So, which yeah. I guess, speaking of which, like we were mentioning the military thing, like how long, how long did I, I kind of vaguely remember you coming back from that? Like how long had yeah. you done that for? I only ended up spending a little over a year. There ended up being family stuff that happened and I had to kind of take care of stuff. So. I would had to go through a process, but then yeah. But like, what was I gonna say? Going back to something you were saying about Bud, crap! I just smoked one. <laughs> <laughs> I know how but, that is. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean I had just mentioned that he was definitely an integral part to our scene, and it's. Oh yeah, again, that's remember with Aiden. You were mentioned with like Aiden was talking about it, and that was something that was specifically Bud. He always made shows funny and fun and like amusing like him and jeremy especially like he was just goofy you know and it made everyone laugh like yeah everyone's being tough you know it was hard music you know like but then you have that kind of goofy element and that was bug yeah. right there i think jeremy's the dude he would like run across the pit with and like high five and shit or oh whatever. yeah they would bow, yeah. like they would spin their backs off of each other was yeah slide and spin their backs off yeah. of each other oh yeah just do like all kinds youthful, of funny shit yeah youthful fun you know just just good times like all yeah. those penny arcade shows too you know that, that's another thing like people talk a lot of shit about different eras about the penny arcade but like that place definitely helped introduce a lot of people to a lot of like cool music and cool bands you know yeah yeah for so. me personally like that was like my gateway like I, you know water street bands you have like hatred going there and like certain times with tours like my first hardcore show ever like hardcore was like every time i die throw down and walls of jericho at you know the club side of water street but I hadn't gone to any like show shows until I like transferred over to, you know, Penny. There was like some shows like, Oh my God, they're playing at Penny. And then from there, it finally made that transition over. I was like, Whoa, this is even cooler than that shit over there. I got to start coming to this. And that's when I started going to like almost like every show with it. If it was heavy, I was checking like every weekend on like MySpace and pure volume. I didn't care if it was whatever, if it was heavy, I was going, you know, metal core, metal, death metal, whatever. It was just like, I had to like check that shit out. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I kind of hope that's how it's going to be like now. Like, I mean, you see other cities, like, especially Buffalo and definitely California with those like wild section hate shows, like yeah, a lot of mixed bills though. You know what I mean? Like you don't yeah. just see like, you see like some metalcore, hardcore. Like I, I saw Undeaths playing with like Warren in Buffalo, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, total yeah. like mix, mixed bill, you know what I mean? Like it'd be cool to see more shit like that moving forward to kind of introduce people to more diverse kinds of music, you know? Yeah, I had an idea for that right before the Hayward, sh like everything with, you know, that happened. Like I had an idea. I had just contact montage and the next morning this all popped up on the internet. I was like, oh, I was like, I guess, you know, then it got taken over, obviously. Yeah. I had like such a mixed idea for like new bands, older bands, established bands, and it was mixed genres too, because we need something like that here. You see in every, like you said, like every big city. It's like, why aren't we doing that here? Why are we still kind of sticking yep. to the same kind of yeah. molds? Like the metalcore bands play the metalcore bands, the more hardcore bands play the hardcore bands, and maybe yeah. there'll be one band that kind of crosses over for a show or something, you know? But it's not just mixed. Yeah, yeah, that's how we that's how we used to do it back in the day. And like we were saying in the beginning with like the metalcore and the hardcore mix, and it, it just seems like there we need to bring it back to that a little bit. So, and I guess kind of sticking with the metalcore a little bit, like I never 
I guess I never knew you were in all these other bands before. Like I knew about Urban Discipline, but like what, like whether, was there a bunch of other metalcore bands or, or just the one you had just mentioned? There was a couple. I was in that band Burning to Entice and I did this band Massacre the Wake. It was like, I was like probably in my early twenties. They were like all high school kids. It's a funny story with this actually. Um, so I was in them for a while, you know, they weren't sure their direction was just metalcore. And I was really getting into hardcore at the time. I just went to that mad ball show in Buffalo. hundred demons was coming here. I was just like, just, in hardcore you know just hard style hardcore and they were they were just realizing they wanted to do grindcore i was trying to push them more in the hardcore direction and then i ended up calling like having someone call in for me at my job at the time old country buffet i was working and they did a horrible job calling me in but i still left got there and then adam fulmer i was in a band with him at the time with mask of the wake you know was in uh, like uh tough times and uh he was like yo i hate to do this but you're not in the band anymore and then we went in anyways enjoyed hundred demons i just got on the right when infamous was playing and then you know borrowed time play then hundred demons play i was like fuck it i don't even care and then i am getting fired like they called me the next morning my job I was like hey we know you called and that was fake we heard people laughing in the background you're fired i was like fuck it like got to yo that show was so sick yeah <laughs> yeah double dosage of it though within like 24 hours but but yeah. still got to see a good show anyways you know i was like 19 who cares <laughs> yeah. no i've definitely had my sketchy dave and i were talking about uh i don't know what the name he was gonna do and i'm sorry sketchy if i'm if i'm putting your idea on on, on blast on the podcast for you and hopefully nobody steals this idea but about like just like different jobs that we've had and like, like different experiences of like leaving jobs and like just bad job experiences. Cause I've worked a lot of jobs too. And I've had a lot of, I'm not going to tell him here. Cause if he does that podcast, I want to save him for that. But like, there's some funny walkout stories, you know, and shit like that. Like quitting. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea for a podcast. I have some yeah. good ones myself. I've worked so many industries myself. I'm sure we all have in the 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> So sketchy, when you listen to this get, get working on that man i know you take your time with some stuff but that's a good idea man so yeah that is a good um, idea but yeah actually speaking of sketchy was he in urban discipline yeah yeah he's when we switched it over because it was originally mufasa and then we ended up switching over because i just wasn't feeling one of the kids in the band you know and, our, and already the other guitar player already wasn't feeling it he didn't listen to hardcore really he just was a good guitar player he was just talented you know and just, i would just kind of like literally like hum things into the microphone and he would just play it on guitar and he was like, amazing to add like tweaks to it and shit and so we did mufasa and every you know sketchy took interest you know he takes interest in like bands and stuff like hey let me produce you or whatever but yeah he actually uh wanted to join and then we ended up getting uh deacon in as well yeah and then we ended up doing some shows for a bit with that we had some sick merch ideas but I don't know what happened between sketchy and my brother always at throats with each other and me being a, pretty much a drunk back then yeah so it kind of just fizzled out yeah yeah that um that's 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 another another tragedy too uh because that's a fucking sick name i mean obviously as i mentioned to you in the in the you know working on getting ready for the episode we could talk about the biohazard album too but obviously <laughs> that's where you got it from but that's that's such a hard name dude and i and like I kind of hope somebody else ends up using it someday or, or maybe you re, re redo the band with some other members or something. Cause that's such a fucking sick name, dude. You know, yeah, it really is. <laughs> I think we talked about shows pretty much, but are there any other like funny or crazy like show stories from just going to shows and like seeing like fights or just anything crazy that stick out in your memory from that era? I mean, I remember going to edge fest and that was like edge fest was crazy. And what was it like? What was it like Olean or some shit like that? That was crazy. And I also remember seeing 
that blood for blood reunion with shattered realm that shit was crazy i've never seen blood mist up so consistently in the air over and over again during like a set like table just getting pushed back everything getting knocked over that shit was dope but uh yeah edge festa like i remember seeing this dude like he did the wrong thing in the pit it's chase starts running up the steps this guy just grab or chases after him grabs him holds him there tells him to take his being like a man he just punches him in the face while he just takes it finally puts his hands up punches him in the face a good number of times and then finally has had enough of him and then finally just let him go and just walked away i was like holy shit that's crazy yeah yeah it's just like whoa <laughs> yeah yeah there was a lot like in the fest back in the day and shit and just some of the shows it would get a little out of hand and i don't think it's really been like that here too much lately i feel like like 2009, 2010 was like the last time it was really kind of wild. Around the time when people started getting their faces tattooed, there was like a few <laughs> kind of like wild kids that were coming out, you know? And, and like I said in the EMS interview, I got nothing, no beef with people to get their faces tattooed, you know? Yeah, so yeah. Some of the tattoos are cool, but that's when, to me, I really started noticing. I was like, yo, these guys are a little rugged and they're really trying to fucking get into something. And I, you know? <laughs> It's like when the like militant straight edge bands took like a rise again with like bands like Tyrant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the era. I forget what the record label was, and some of those bands are good too. They write Seven really Dagger. hard breakdowns. Seven I, I love Rhinoceros too, you know. But um, and then the other thing that I was thinking about while doing this that I remember, uh, I feel like when Vinnie Paz played here, I bumped into you there too. Oh yeah, so, Bill. Yeah, the, yeah. You share you share in a you share an interest in hip hop too, then, right? To a slight degree, like, I like certain artists, like, you know, within that realm. Yeah. I, you know, I dabble. I don't, like, listen to it extensively. But, you yeah. know, I have interest in, especially if something's, like, interesting or unique. I'll be like, yeah. oh, yeah, let me check that out, you know. So yeah. it's like, I'm not, like, I don't, like, heavily invest in it. Like, now mainly, you know, it's just, like, what's, hard, like, new stuff. Like, hard. Like, I'm always sticking with what's new, you know. Like, because, like, for me, it's kind of, like, it's, like, chapters in your life, you know. So yeah. if you listen to records, what's going on in that moment, it kind of time stamps it with what's going on in your life in that moment. Mm -hmm. So I'm always looking for what's new, what's new, you know. So yeah. And then yeah. Dave, like Larson from, you know, Borrow Time, like him and I have been boys forever. And I'm always suggesting new bands to him. He's like pretty much like, hey, if I need a new band, listen to whatever. He's like, I just hit up Chris because he's always listening to new bands all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I definitely like what you said about the chapters in your life thing because that makes a lot of sense. Like even bands that I've listened to, like like now that I've turned 40 this year, I can think back and be like oh that's something i listened to like when i just turned 30 or whatever which obviously makes you feel a little older or whatever you know yeah. but i guess sticking with you talking about you and dave larson talking about like like newer like hardcore bands like what do you listen to for like hardcore metalcore these days and uh hardcore i mean pretty much i guess for everyone's been listening, like you know the new gridiron is hard you know never ending game three yeah. deep is hard i also like you know like i like a lot of beatdown stuff i like a lot of euro stuff and a lot of jack because Thing I like beat down to like it's like hardcore, you know, it's like it's a worldwide thing. And since the the music itself is so small, you're already looking for it wherever it is. And so I think that's something like I like about beat down specifically. Also because we're globally, they just mix so many different like genres within it because they don't have that cultural barrier like we have here, kinda. So they're throwing like hip hop, like they're throwing all kinds of like heavy stuff in there, deathcore in there now. It's like just a big fusion of shit. And it still has that kind of attitude and that hardness to it. So, yeah. What's that? Now, first of all, I imagine I imagine Japan has a really crazy beatdown scene. But, but oh, what's yeah. the band that played uh, "This Is Hardcore" a few years back from there? Is it sand, sand or Numb? 
Sand and like sand. Well, both of them, but sand especially. They got some really hard shit too, man. You oh, know, yeah. like sometimes I watch their videos and I'm like, I can't tell if this is like, you know what I mean, like tongue in cheek or whatever. But the music itself is like is like hard, you know. So oh, yeah. yeah. But and then even some of the lyrics I remember from some of the videos, I was like, I couldn't tell if this guy's fucking around or yeah, language you know I mean? barrier stuff. Yeah, that too. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. So, um, kind of jumping out of hardcore for a second. Uh, having worked. I think we both have had, I spent our time working in restaurants. I kind of hate using this term uh, foodie, but from looking at all your Instagram posts, I guess that would be a good way to describe you though, right? Like you're pretty, pretty heavily into, especially the food that you like, kind of describe that a little bit, I guess. Uh, it's, I guess my take on Vietnamese food and kind of just now specifically, I like doing a lot of barbecue stuff too. So kind of fusing like that Asian fusion, I guess, barbecue style and kind of just, taking food also that I like as a kid, but also trying to make it fun with, from, you know, the mix of the Vietnamese stuff as well. So it's been like a fun time, especially with COVID. That's when I really dove into it. Like I started making dishes I've never thought about making before. And now getting like really good at just making it regularly. So it's been, it's been a fun, sick journey, you know, So I've always cooked. I went to like did some culinary stuff back in high school. I was always just doing culinary, you know, and then even like, Right after high school, I did culinary for a little bit. My uncle told me I should do HVAC, and then kind of just did hardcore and, you know, all that shit. And then I tried food, but didn't know the direction to take. And so I did HVAC, realizing, hey, I still like food. And so now I'm just working on the food stuff because, I, you know, with HVAC, I make pretty good money now. So it's now realizing the next step is saving the money to actually build the capital to do the end goal, you know, like something that's a, a mix of food and entertainment. So now that's what I'm kind of just, that's the end goal that I've been working on. So I got the LLC for the business and yeah. we're working on, like you got the logo design and all that jazz yeah. now. Work fine tuning the recipes and now it's just kind of putting the money figures and all that stuff there, the legal stuff there. I saw you were doing that a while ago because you were doing the logo thing and whatnot. So I, I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but you, you post the one thing a lot. Uh, what's, how do you say it? The bun me. Yeah, that that, that looks like kind of like a sub. That, that now I'm vegan, obviously, so I'd have to make things a little differently. But I feel like that's something I could make and and really enjoy, right? Oh yeah, I see a lot of vegan ones now, especially they'll like yeah. do you know do the same thing they do with the meat, but do it with tofu, and yeah. they'll make like a mushroom pate or a pea pate. So you know, yeah. you're not missing much. Yeah, and like already with like you know Dave's wife Alicia, uh, she's vegan. And so whenever we have cookouts, I'm always trying to experiment with new vegan things where I'll yeah. incorporate the same thing I'm making everyone else, but I'll do it a vegan style and see how it turns out and just kind of keep yeah. playing. That's how you can always tell somebody's like a, a like really passionate about the food too. They're not going to be like, oh, fuck, make your own food. You're vegan. Like you just said, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you take it as a challenge to kind of experiment with it and try it as like a new thing. You know what I mean? Like that's how my girlfriend's parents are. Like they're not vegan, but like they... They, they, they try all the stuff and like, they love like trying to cook different things for us. And they try to like, as they say, veganize things for us, you know, and it's just cool to see people like that, that'll, that'll like, are you know what I mean? Trying different things or whatever, you know? Yeah. I did the vegan thing for a bit. I did it in two instances. And then each time I ended up developing kidney stones, cause I don't know, I wasn't consuming the right things because a lot of, you know, a lot of vegan foods are like high in oxalates. And so I ended up consuming way too many oxalates with my horseshoe shaped kidney and I had like five kidney stone surgeries Damn. in the last probably like six, seven years. Wow. Brutal. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I guess before we jump into borrow time, like I was saying before, you know, we've lost a lot of people and it kind of sucks to have like a lot of down 
stuff to talk about. But I think the last time I ran into you last year was at the Doyle uh, Memorial, which, you know, his passing was like just, just past a year, a year ago, like a week or two ago. So yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a bummer. You know, I mean, like I said, we've lost a lot of, a lot of good individuals in this city and, you know, like I said about Bud, I, you could say it's pretty much the same about Doyle, you know, just such a passionate person, especially for hardcore, you know, and. With um, the whole Doyle thing, like I, I started jamming with Borrowed Time in uh, June, right? And just because of the relationship, you know, with Doyle and just the hardcore scene and Borrowed Time and just, you know, through my lens, I guess you would say, I would, he was like the number one person, like, yo, guess what? Like, yeah, like, you know, like once it was all officialized and everything, I know how pumped he would have been, you know, because he just loves the scene. He loves hardcore. Like when I was doing like the Mufasa urban discipline thing, mm -hmm. like I remember running into him at Lux one night, you know, it was like 2008, 2009. I was wearing a pitchfork shirt. And like back then he was like, yo, New York hardcore is like, come here real quick. He was like, <laughs> like, I saw your set a few nights ago, blah, blah, blah. He was like, now that borrowed time's done, you guys are my new favorite band. We buy you a beer and a shot. And it's just like, that's Doyle, you know, like yeah. just jolly, happy, like, yo, New York hardcore. <laughs> yeah. No, that was literally every time I saw him, it was always, except for that Scarhead show when they played here, he was kind of bummed out because there wasn't a lot of people there. Like I remember oh, yeah. getting there, yeah. I first walked, I walked in, he's like, what? what's going on, man? Why is there nobody here? Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know, man, Scarhead in Rochester. I don't you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't have expected like, hundreds of people to be here but yeah, it, it was a pretty a pretty beat night and i can i understand like somebody like that being so passionate about new york like and then having a band like that come here and have not a lot of people there it was kind of like oh man yeah. yeah i would see him out like in shows all over when i would go to festivals and all yeah. over like different shows like holy shit Doyle, what are you doing here like you know like a two three day festival i'd see him like every day there like damn it was just it was sick he'd be like That's the other dude like you would see from rochester at like every show that you would be at you know it would be, it would be dope that same black and blue show that I ran into you at, he was at that too in New York yeah. City, 2011. I'm sure he probably was at tons of other ones. That's that's the only yeah, one. Yeah, all the time. Those, but yeah. So yeah, you were kind of leading into it about borrowed time, and again, as you kind of started mentioning there, and and I don't know if you mentioned it earlier in the episode too, but you've been jamming with those guys for over a year now, and obviously you just kind of announced it like within the last month. Like, well, I guess one was it hard to kind of keep that like between you and the guys or whatever for like that all that time or whatever. Well, here's the thing, like, I wasn't officially in the band. I was pretty much jamming with the band for about a year. Like, I, because Chris Pilato, you know, he lives in Syracuse. So it's been just pretty much me, Dave, and Brendan jamming for the last year, just, you know, going through the songs. We probably got about, I don't know, about maybe 16, 17 songs down plus a cover. But like, so it's been like a process. But when Pilato finally came out his first time, Pilato was like, yo, he was like, okay. And then finally we like, we, you know, we walked around, whatever. It was like, I guess you're finally in the band. And I was like, sick. And then, you know, so now I finally pay rent the space and all that jazz. But yeah, so I didn't, I didn't want to say anything really. I was just like, Hey, I'm jamming with it. You know, I told a few people I was jamming with borrowed time, but I wouldn't say I was in borrowed times. I don't want to, you know, do any harm or whatever, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I guess jumping back, like we had said, like being like, tremendous fans of the band and, and being at like all their shows and even Ada mentioned in the interview like you were always up front singing along you were you're like the perfect person pretty much like like again like when I saw you said you were in the band I was like 
you know, that's, that's, I can't think of anybody else to join borrow time. So like for you, like when they came to you and said, like, we kind of want you to start jamming with us, like what were you just like, Oh shit, this is perfect. You know? Well, I kind of went to them cause you know, oh, I, you? I hang out with, I hang, yeah, cause I hang out with Dave pretty frequently. Me and my brother, you know, we we've been boys for forever. You know, we've been hanging out since probably like 2007. Well, I kept this, we were hanging out one time, Dave, but I was like, Dave, he's like, yo, um, talk to Brendan. Let me try out. It's like, you guys don't, you guys don't have a singer right now. Like, let me try out. I wanted to back when Aiden left. I just didn't have like, I guess the courage. I was like, man, I should try out them. I went to the army anyway, you know, life happened. But then this time I was like, I can't let this, you know, pass me by this time. So I hit up Brendan. I was like, yo, it was like, you have a singer yet? He was like, no. I was like, can I try out? Like, can I at least try out? He was like, uh, sure. So he like gave me three songs to try out. We jammed. And, you know, they kind of like nodded at each other, looked at each other, you know, whatever. And then um, by the end of it, we like went through the songs a few times. And then it was like, let's do another day. And, you know, like, and then that time came. It's like, all right, let's get together another time. And then he started adding more songs to it. And, you know, it was just a gradual thing. Kind of, you never said, yo, you're in the band until, you know, Pilato came out and we've been jamming for a year. So it wasn't like a quick, like, hey, you know, but I think it was well worth it how it all played out. At that first practice, like, did you kind of like know the songs that they were going to play? And were you like, right, like screaming, like getting into it, like right away the first time or whatever? Oh, yeah. Or were you kind of nervous or whatever? Like, to be honest, like with like Mufasa, Urban Dipl Discipline, I always thought of us like a borrowed time junior kind of like, I always looked up to like Aiden and that band, like that band is probably the biggest single influence on me with like hardcore, you know, being local. The influence they've had is in hardcore music. Like Steel Nation wouldn't sound the way they sound if it wasn't for Borrow Time. Steel Nation is huge now. So, I mean, what does that say? You know what I mean? And so, like, it was just, I, that was a special time for me. So, like, like at parties, for instance, I was the one that would always be, like, going to ooh and stomping and just kind of just being that, like, macho asshole at shows, like, at parties and, like, at shows, whatever. Like everyone would expect me at with a certain time just to go, ooh, you know, and just be that asshole. And so it's just like, it just fits, I feel, you know, it's like, I'm stoked. I'm, and the fact that Aiden said what he said it was just, it was huge for me. It was like, it made my like night, you know, easily my week, you know, it was like, holy shit. Because that's yeah. a dude I looked up to as a kid, you know, it was like, and now that I'm probably older than, I'm probably older him now than he was when he was singing Borrow Time, you know? So it's kind of crazy now looking back. Yeah. Um, so I guess, is is the show the Hayward show that we're going to talk about in a minute? Is that the first show you'll be doing with the band? Then obviously, yeah, yeah. we've got that show. We've got the Sheer Terror Slapshot show, and we've got that festival out in Albany in January right now. So we got three shows lined up right now. So not to kind of give you like an uh, Cheddar Bob uh, Eminem Eight Mile Last Battle uh, scene moment or whatever, but are you kind of nervous, like? having to, to play these like because the, obviously we're going to talk about this benefit show in a second like that's that's like probably the biggest like hardcore show in rochester that i can think of it's happened in a long time if not ever yeah know? i was literally just saying tonight to someone um that it was like thinking about like borrowed time shows in rochester they don't usually play in front of that many people right. especially with sirens as crowds so this is yeah. a huge opportunity for borrowed time moving forward and whatever direction we go in now as a new band you know, so it's kind of, it's, it's, it's crazy. And I'm not taking that lightly. So I've been thinking about it a lot. I'm listening to the set multiple times a day. I'm just, you know, just kind of envisioning it. You know, and I've, I've been to college. So I've taken public speaking, all that jazz. So when I was in bands before, I haven't been to college. I hadn't done shit, you know, it was like, I was pretty much like a zombie then versus now. I was like, I feel like I got a little bit better grasp on what to do versus, you know, that 
22 year old kid you know last time i was in a band was when i was like probably 22 23 maybe 24 now i'm like yeah. almost 36 so it'll be interesting yeah it's i'm excited easier. though it's a lot easier to carry yourself when you have a few more years under your belt like it's 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 so crazy to think back like when we were like that age that you're referencing like even a couple years older like like when i'm like what i was talking about earlier in the episode when i kind of thought that i was like like you never really think you're dropping out of hardcore but i thought that i was just kind of like taking a step back and like not going to go to as many shows i was probably like 23 or 24 at the time and i thought i knew everything about everything in the fucking world you know what i mean and now i'm 40 and i'm like yo i still have like so much to learn and it's, it's it seems like like now and you you can you can probably echo this too like having kids now i feel like i'm learning more every day you know and my kids are fucking young like my son's 3 you know yeah dude it's it's nuts it's a whole different like learning curve you know it's like you're starting all over again and yeah. being a male i feel like for me anyway it's just like learning that like empathy cuz i've had like i've had a crazy life and it's been i've had you know i've being the oldest brother and just kind of like everything i've had to go through in my life i've had to always kind of be harder which i think is why i was drawn to hardcore and just the realness of it you know especially bands like agnostic front and madball i could relate to that shit i guess in my own way and so having a kid and trying to like play that like soft like you know empathetic emotional like kind of just tone all that shit down is like it's hard you know so it's it's interesting like it's, it's definitely a learning curve you yeah. grow in it because you find yourself being vulnerable sometimes and being in those states like holy shit like this is crazy yeah definitely so yeah i guess i guess we'll get to it a little bit now the again more more you know unfortunate news developed within the last month obviously that you know anthony hayward's wife taylor unfortunately you know passed away suddenly you know, it's crazy to see how quickly the scene came together. And I, and I realize that it, I want to preface too that it obviously isn't just hardcore that's supporting their family with all this, you know, but that just show, goes to show what a good dude he is for one and what, and what good people they are. Um, yeah. But the show this weekend, I mean, obviously it, it, it like sold out today with pre-sale or whatever, which is pretty cool, but we were just kind of talking about it. So like, how did that all come together? Like doing that benefit? You know, I think it was like a combination of things because like I said before, like, I was already chatting in Brendan and like borrowed times year about like trying to get a sick, like stacked Rochester show together. I know Brendan was talking to Paul from the way we carry. And, you know, at one of the practices of like, Hey, like, cause we're originally, we were going to go do an underground show. Cause you know, we saw that show out in LA that happened we were trying to like, we went, we actually scouted out a spot. We were seeing about how to get generators and all this stuff and like make it happen. How we could like block it off and just do this crazy ass show like last minute. And I was like, yo, why don't we try to hit up sirens? Like they're going to draw. And then Brennan was like, you know what? I didn't even think about them. That'd be a good idea. And so from there it kind of turned into like the bigger thing. And then we were trying to like figure out other bands and no missing link hadn't played a show yet. And, you know, Mike wanted to play a show in Rochester and obviously borrow time the way we carry it had to be a thing. And so then right after I told you, like I hit up montage and then this happened the next day. And then, you know, I'm sure Mike, I think Mike and then Brennan kind of took over with that kind of, shell of an idea and then you know mike being boys with like purgatory and then the rest kind of just fell into place and it seemed like it was probably just hitting up you know photo city and i don't think that was hard to do either so kind of just happened yeah like i like we had just mentioned that the pre-sale sold out but i i think brenda mentioned today there'll be a couple walk-up tickets at the door and what what are doors at three o'clock it looks like on sunday yeah, doors are at three so yeah we got final declaration 
Sully, Missing Link, The Weight We Carry, Borrowed Time, Purgatory, and Sirens and Sailors. Now, the only, the only name on that that I'm really unfamiliar with is Sully. What's going on there? Uh, from what I understand, remember uh, Psyopus? Yeah. I believe it's the singer from Psyopus. Adam? He's a new, yeah, yeah, Adam. I believe they um, have a new, like, like, just a crazy metal band. Yeah. So I believe that that's what it is. Because I heard Casey tattooed me recently, and I asked him, like, we were talking about it. He was like, oh, yeah, I just heard some track from him because he showed me at a bar or whatever. I was like, oh, sick. And then yeah. we just had practice, like, a few days ago, and then Brendan was, like, confirmed that as well. Yeah. It's crazy because I, I the episode that's going to air, I'm, I'm airing a lot of episodes in a row to because to, there's a lot going on this weekend. The episode that's going to air the day before this episode is with Will from Teen Set, who's going to be talking about the Punk's Picnic, which is also happening the same day. Which at first I felt kind of bad helping them promote it, but I was like, your show is going to sell out anyways type thing. But yeah. that's what I'm kind of getting at. Is it's, it's pretty crazy to think that on Sunday in Rochester, there's going to be a really huge like hardcore metal show and a really huge punk show where there's probably going to be like close to a thousand people combined at both shows. You know? So Dude. I definitely think there's, there's definitely an opportunity in Rochester right now to do something pretty, pretty good moving forward, like with shows and bands and... And, you, you know, know, I've been wanting to talk to you because I remember seeing you post online like probably about a year ago about wanting to book bands like uh, Never Ending Game and stuff like that. And those are kind of I've booked a few shows, but now that I'm in a better position, I really want to start doing the same thing. Like, you know, that's the whole cliche. If you, if you build it and they will come kind of thing. Yeah. I want to start getting more hard, like harder bands out here because, yeah. you know, it's usually metalcore bands or it's, you know, like different niches. But there's like a certain sect of hardcore that's really like starting to pop off right now. And I really yeah. want to kind of catch that and bring that here, you know? Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. And that's definitely something, you know, I should talk more about after uh, we finish the interview up or whatever, but that, that, that yeah. would definitely be, be awesome. And I've, I've been seeing like a lot of just today or the last couple of days that you see like pictures and videos of, I feel like they, the band you just mentioned, never ending game was just out in California playing with like section hate and all those bands and shit. And it's just so cool to see, like all these bands able to play all these shows now after all this shit and yeah you know yeah switching gears a little bit since we got a little bit of time i wasn't sure about current events but you had kind of mentioned the, the covid thing before so i'm curious to hear like a little bit more about that like with the with the child being born like you said that happened like right when when covid really first started popping off or oh yeah it was literally the day like she was so, like march yeah yeah it was like march 11th because march 11th was the very first day one that the person entered the unity hospital my yeah. daughter was born march 11th at unity hospital yeah. so wow. as protocols were literally being put in place i was coming and going from the hospital yeah. like why all of a sudden is there a security guard here with a table wearing a mask and i was like yeah. oh my god this is like something out of a movie and yeah. then, you know going to the hospital with the baby and then you couldn't let anyone come in to see or anything so it was, it was just wild that it happened like right then that day yeah, that is crazy. We, yeah, we, my girlfriend and I, we wanted to have a second child and we were trying to, to wait a little bit longer because of everything, but like you, we couldn't like, you, who knew how much longer it was going to go on for, you know what I mean? But then the way everything happened, like even, it was even like, like 16, 15, 16 months after everything started and the hospitals are still like exactly how you're saying pretty much. And I was just like, had to like show my, like had to show everything to get in, get this weird pass, wait in line. And you know, and it's, it's crazy. You know? I worked there for, uh, I worked at General from uh, May till the end of March. It was crazy. Oh, of last year? Yeah, yeah. I, went, year? I started, yeah, of May of last year and I left at like the end of March this year. It was crazy. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, I can't imagine. My well, my girlfriend's mom works in like all that stuff, so it's yeah, I hear a lot of crazy stuff. I'm sure you had to have seen some pretty. What, what, what was it like? What were you like? What were you doing there? Or whatever. I was I doing HVAC, I guess oh, technically okay. there because yeah. you know my role. But I would have yeah. to go to like every COVID room every day and check the negative pressure. And if there, well, the negative pressure wasn't well enough, we had to like get them out of there because you know it was going out into the hallway yeah. and stuff. So it was pretty wild. Yeah. So every day I was like going to every COVID room and having to wear a special mask and just going to every floor and seeing every door and noticing when there's more and more doors with the COVID thing. I'm like, holy shit. Were you, were you ever nervous? Or I guess if you don't mind my asking, like, did you ever get no, sick or anything? Or? I didn't get sick, but it was just crazy to see. Like, yeah. you know, it just, it was, it made it realer for me versus, yeah. you know, just people would just see it on the internet and their phone every day, but yeah. having to actually go to the hospital every day and see it and see what the, I'm getting emails every day from like the president of the hospital about what the new yeah. thing was, you know? And that's, that's what I always tell people too. Like I, like I'm all for like free, like free rights and everything that everybody's all about and stuff. But I'm like, if you don't, if you don't believe this or you're talking shit about this, like talk to somebody who works in a hospital, you know what I mean? Like, cause they yeah. see everything and they're definitely still stressed out about this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just shitty uh, that it turned political because like for me, I, I'm at the point now where I'm like, oh, I fucking hate politics. Yeah. Cause I'm just so like, I got so hard into it and I was like, oh my God, it's like, I'm not going to, what am I going to do personally? At the yeah. same time, it's like, all I'm going to do is cr- like create enemies at that same time. It's like, I don't have time to create more enemies and waste my time on the internet, just arguing with people. I spent a lot of time arguing with people for a while at one point. And now I'm just like, I can't keep doing that. I'm just wasting my time, you know? Yeah. And then we think about like, getting back to hardcore, I was like, hardcore is about like, you know, for me, it's like living your life, you know? It's yeah. not about just living it through a fucking phone and arguing about bullshit, you know? Yeah. Especially, but like, it is, it's not bullshit, but it's shit that we can't really personally do anything about you know it's like a whole you know yesterday i was you know clever or whatever so i tried to change the world today i'm wise so i try to change myself kind of thing yeah exactly sometimes you gotta let go a little bit yeah that's why i try not to get too into that stuff and i feel like i i said exactly what you just said to somebody last year like you have no like you're arguing about things you have literally no control over so why like why spend the time doing that? Like I still get caught up in it sometimes. Like there's, yeah. certain, there's, but I, I'm more, I'm at a point now where I more just like to make fun of things, you know? Yes, exactly. You know, but yeah, yeah with the COVID thing too. I'm at, when that started really happening, and the vaccine started like kind of doing to the trials. I was listening to like every podcast from every expert, you know, the scientists behind it. Why would I go listen to any politician, whether left or right, about something about yeah. science, about vaccines yeah. that they have no expertise in? They went to yeah. school for political science and law. I didn't go to school for virusology or whatever the word is that I don't know because I didn't go to school for it. You know what I mean? We have these fucking uh, internet experts like running their mouths up. It's just crazy to me. It's like, let's listen to the experts who have like put their whole self, like they're in the trial that they have worked on to like make this so that way society can somewhat operate like normal again. So we can go to hardcore shows again, you know, and then you have idiots like just weed yourself out. I guess it's just crazy to me, dude. Yeah. Like I mentioned a few times on here, I had been off social media for a very long time and I got back on mainly because of the podcast and quarantine. And it was just like, holy shit, some of you guys are fucking off the fucking rails here. Like maybe it was because of COVID too. Like they just had like too much time to talk a lot of shit, but it was just like, I don't know. I I didn't realize you could mute people. I still haven't really done it, but like that's, like that's something that seems like it needs to happen more for me because I'm still like looking at shit like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like sometimes, and, and, and it's like, I get into, I get into certain things. Like there's a couple other things I'll ask you about. And if you're, if you don't want to talk about it, it's cool. But like, there's certain things I do get passionate about, but like, 
I still just want to like live my life and have fun at the end of the day. Like, I don't want to spend all my time. Like you were kind of referencing, like, like worrying about like, and it doesn't matter if it's like a conspiracy theory or like a left or a right theory. Like you don't know the answer no matter what, you know what I mean? Like you can look into any source you want. It doesn't matter to me. Like there's, unless I was standing there seeing that actually happen. Like, I don't know for a fact that it did, you know what I mean? And that, and that might sound like a conspiracy in itself, I guess. You know what I'm saying though? It's like you, people are always like, Oh, check your sources. And I'm like, what are your sources? Like, who are these people? You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm yeah. just like, at that point, I would rather just go listen to like a fucking hip hop album or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like watch a movie. You yeah. know, we become parodies of themselves over time. And then they kind of fall into like this character where they kind of can't break the mold. It's, it's so it's, it's just, it's unfortunate, you know, it's like when you, especially when you see people like, you know, in real life, they're dope. Yeah. When you see online, they have this kind of character they've taken on. Yeah. And so I was like, at this point, like, I just post things I enjoy. I see a sick movie that's coming out. Yo, see this movie that I think is sick that's coming out. This yeah. song that I come to mind. Yo, check this sick song. I yeah. made some food, you know, but like all your opinions about every single thing, no one cares. Like if that, if you, your opinion is that strong, like go work in that field. Don't exactly. Post it on Facebook. Yeah. You know? My only other qu- couple kind of questions about these kind of topics that I bring up on here sometimes is, as you having been in the military, like I, I, I kind of wonder, I guess, like, like the thing that I am a little more passionate about is like, I will say like, like fuck the police and this and that. And that's more from like some personal experience. And then from experience that I know other people that I'm either friends with or, you know, have ha- regardless, like what, like, do you, does anything like that ever like offend you? Like having served in the military, like seeing like people like talk shit about any sort of like, Organ, you know what I mean? Like, uh, no, to me personally, I just remember when I came out, like, I funny enough, like, I was drunk one night and then I was listening to Black My Art of all bands, and like, I was listening to a song, and me and my buddy were just like, and I, I had nothing going on, my life was kind of in like, it was just crazy at that time, like, I didn't have anything going on, so I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna just join the army, you know, I was like drunk listening to Black My Art, I'm gonna join the army, and then you know, I joined, and I was like, yeah the guns and shit and like all the training was dope i had a lot of fun i wanted to do that shit again i remember it was getting close to that i was like yo let's do this shit again you know it was fun yeah um but besides that i was like i don't care i'm acab just as much as anybody you know like right like it's authority fuck authority you know like when i hate it i only thing i took away from that was like the training and just knowing how a lot of people think and operate in society because a lot of people have been in the military so i i appreciate having t- had time to absorb that because one thing you know as you know like you worked a lot of jobs so you get to see how a lot of people live their day-to-day lives because some people a lot of people they find that mold young and they stay in that mold and the more molds i feel like it's almost like the great imposter you know when you moved around i've moved so many times and so for me it's it's almost natural it's kind of like i'm in pretend going around people doing what they do you know and so the military was an eye-opening thing i got to learn six skills there i learned how to you know do everything they got to learn how to do and i had fun doing it so and i was gotten overweight like before I joined the military when I got out I learned so much about health and working out and nutrition so I semi-regularly work out ever since the military now I've never stopped like completely since the military so it's been pretty beneficial in those ways yeah when I was in like I want to say seventh going into eighth grade that I think that summer is when Forrest Gump came out so like we were heavy into like the army and shit because of that and me and like my two best friends were all like oh we're gonna join the army and this and that and not neither one of the three of us ever did you know like i got i got into punk rock the other dude got into like fucking drugs and partying and shit and i don't the other dude just you know zach benzo or whatever shout out to zach benzo but anyways uh 
Yeah, no, I, I that, that was that's interesting though because I always wonder about that. Like people who kind of have the crossover with like the military and police and stuff, how they would feel about that. Because, and then like I'm sure you as well as I, like we, I think about it sometimes. Like I know a couple people that ended up becoming police officers, and like they're not assholes, but they've told me stories of people that they know that are. So I still can kind of say like, fuck them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah, that's how I feel too. I, you know, just knowing the history, if you know the history, you have a legitimate reason why it's not just some superficial going with some trend as some people like to chiefly label people with. It's deeper than that. And they just can't accept that or they just haven't done their own research. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Like people get mad about the Black Lives Matter thing. And I'm just like, it just like, you're just, you're not understanding the whole thing, I guess, you know, like that's. You know, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to get super into it tonight because I know we're not sure. talking politics a lot, but that's, yeah. it just seems like people just misunderstand a lot of things sometimes, or they think that they're being left out because of this or that, you know? Yeah. Anything else current going on or anything else you kind of want to talk about with Borrowed Time coming up? I mean, we're working on new songs right now. We've been working on new songs for a little bit. Um, you know, we did some pre-production, I guess, or some just some simple stuff, you know, back last fall i know we're going back in the studio soon to work on the songs again some more um so i'm sure there'll be something coming out eventually i'm not sure once i don't want to say but you know just those three shows too we got uh october what, october 25th i think with uh, a yeah. mighty slap shot and sheer terror which will be sick i haven't That's seen a right. shot yet and i they're yeah. like one of my favorite bands i've had a banner up on my wall since then since like 2008 so it's like, yo, to finally see Slapshot with Choke is going to be so sick. And in Rochester, we don't have to travel for it. So I was yeah. supposed to see them with that Blood for Blood Wasted Nights event that happened until, you know, the whole Buddha thing happened. Yeah. So it's like now finally seeing them is going to be sick with Sheer Terror. And Brendan, you know, at home with a show like that will probably be dope. And then, you know, um, the show in January again, sometime in January, I think end of January, we're playing the third day of a three-day festival with Nick Madball and a bunch of other bands on that. That's that's in New York too, right? Like Brooklyn or something? Or the new venue in Albany. Oh, Albany. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, one of Brendan's boys, like they opened a new club up or something. It's got a pretty good cap, so. Oh, that's dope. Uh, yeah, I, I saw a flyer for it, so I'll, I'll get the flyers from you guys and post all that stuff up with the episode. So yeah, it's cool that you guys are doing all that stuff. Uh, yeah. Now you talk about new songs. I guess will there be any new songs uh, being debuted this weekend? You think or? There's one song that's. New to Rochester, Borrowed Time, I think, only played it out once, but they only played it when they played the Rumble. So oh. it is technically new. They wrote it, though, when they still had uh, James in the band. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's newer. But besides that, I mean, the new, new songs, I'm not sure. I think maybe we're going to play one of the new songs that I actually wrote for at the Sheer Terror Slapshot show, though, and then we're going to kind of go from there. Yeah, that was actually pretty much my last question before we kind of wrap things up. Are you are you going to be writing lyrics then moving forward, or is it going to be kind of like you and Brendan together? I'd say it's us together. Like, I'll write something, and if it fits what Brendan wants, you know, Brendan's the run run in the show, you know, so kind of fits it. And so now that I'm on the same page, as originally I came in, I was just writing whatever, but then I finally got on a page of what they're looking for. And so now we're finding more, uh, you know, it's going well. So sometimes, you know, I'll like say, like, edit this or do this, but it's like what Aiden said. Brendan's always pushing you to, you know, do better, newer, like things kind of push you beyond your limit. Like he did the same, he's doing the same thing with the studio. Try this or try this with this kind of thing. Like imagine this band singing it this way kind of thing, you know, and you just kind of go with it and it sounds good. Like, whoa, that sounds dope. So 
yeah. so you're gonna come out sounding like axel rose or some shit is what you're saying that, but there'll be a few surprises i mean he has me doing some like highs and stuff and he's like encouraging it so it's kind of like sick it's kind of like wasn't it what i was expecting i was expecting just straight like at first right you know no escape is what everyone thinks when they get borrow time you know but it's 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 way more than that it's not just that gruff low like kind of you know mid shout bark whatever it's it's sick it's fun he's making me like i kind of sing essentially i had to learn how to kind of like sing in that throaty way kind of the way james was doing on some of those songs it was yeah. tough for a while it, like it took me a little while to catch it like honestly but it's been it's been sick so what do you guys practice like every week then pretty much like when he's not doing sheer terror or whatever pretty much yeah for the most part like we'll have some times we'll, like last i want to say over the winter maybe we had like a two-month break where we just didn't do anything but for the most part we get up like every week every year two weeks and we've been very consistent since june i'd say yeah we have someone coming that's been playing bass with us for a little bit kind of since the other guys in canada and can't get over so it's been, it's been sick kind of makes things somewhat normal we have a show like you know essentially listening to borrow time like every other week is that dude going to be playing bass the canadian dude then or is it going to be no, it'll be the person that's been kind of just jamming okay. with us filling for now so yeah yeah before we wrap things up i just remember there is one other thing i wanted to ask you about and it definitely ties into what we were just talking about because like after this show happened, you definitely saw a lot of arguing from people who are for vaxxing or anti-vax, don't care either way. But the Madball show in New York City, I have not had anybody on this podcast yet that was there yet, but you were, right? I was. That was fun. So, like, take me back, though. Like, obviously, we were just talking and, like, I, it sounds like you kind of feel like I do. Like, you're not trying to get in this argument about it. Like, I... I don't, I don't really care, I guess, one way or another, if you are vaxxed or not, but, like, do you mind me asking if you are? Or? I am vaxxed, because when I was at the hospital, I had an early chance back in January, yeah. you know, and I took it, because, you know, I've got kids, and their yeah. mom has some complications with her health, so I got to do what I can to kind of keep them as safe as possible, and I don't really care what anybody else thinks, so, you know. Yeah, so, that's pretty know. much the same reason why I did it, because yeah. my sister and my girlfriend's mom have complications, too. So, with all that being said, obviously you had no issues like feeling safe or not feeling safe going to a show like that then at that point no dude i've been to I, that kublai khan i am tour i went to two shows and that just recently in the last couple of weeks i've been going to shows whenever a show comes up that like i'm still you know it's kind of like you got to find that middle ground approach in my opinion like yeah. do what you have to do as a citizen but what happens if i get hit by a bus tomorrow and i didn't go to a show because i'm scared of covid and i didn't live my life that's how i think you know yeah. everyone's entitled to their own personal opinion but that's how i think you gotta find that middle road approach you can't stop living your life but you have to kind of be a good citizen i guess yeah what when when the madball show happened though that was your first time going to like a huge yeah. event obviously oh, yeah. So that was sick. yeah yeah wisdom and chains murphy's yeah. law oh yeah you yeah. didn't have like any i guess you kind of just said it yourself with the whole bus thing like you you weren't at all like apprehensive at all about being like around a big crowd or whatever after it being like you know what i mean most people were honestly most people were wearing masks and we were wearing masks so i yeah. mean you kind of just got to do your thing we also we weren't like up in the crowd where everyone yeah. was we were back kind of like where the families were yeah kind of just chilling back there you know i just gotten some food the girls didn't want to just go you know and I've got two little ones with me. I wanted them to experience that, you know? Yeah. Like my daughter, like her name's Sophia. And I didn't name her after Sophia because the name's popular because it means like, you know, wisdom and wisdom and chains. And so, you know, it's all, that was sick to have that opportunity, even with COVID to bring her to see wisdom and chains like that, which is yeah. fucked up. Yeah, that's really cool. 
Yeah, I, I went to go, uh, there was a show at the Bug Jar that Jared did like uh, maybe two weeks ago now with like Chemical Fix and some other bands. I only was only able to catch Chemical Fix, but I, I brought a mask and I didn't wear it when I first got there. But then once uh, once everybody kind of came in that little room in the Bug Jar and there was like a hundred or so people getting ready to mosh, I, I put my mask on right away. I was like, yo, I feel, but my whole thing is too, like A, I'm not going to like talk shit about somebody for not wearing a mask. I might talk shit about them if they talk shit to me first about whatever you know but regardless yeah. of all that like i'm wearing the mask not just for COVID at this point though like I, i've mentioned on here before like when i went to see judge in buffalo and when terror played that knock loose show here obviously this was way pre pre-covid i definitely walked away from that show and, like a couple days later i was sick dude you know dude, what i mean like i was sick too after that show i remember yeah you get sick at a lot of shows like that because there's a yeah. lot of sweat and people like moshing and shit so like yo i'm gonna wear a mask I'm gonna wear a mask at least for a little while. It shows. Fuck it. I don't care. I got I got a bitter end mask. I got a Jim Cornette like wrestling mask. So I'm yeah. gonna have some fun with it for at least a little while. If people don't want to wear them, I'm not gonna. I don't care if they don't want to wear them. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not doing it to like be an asshole. It's just I got a little kid at home now. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to make sure that she's not. I'm not worried about her catching COVID. I'm more worried about like any other possible illnesses that fucking however many sweaty hardcore and crusty punk people i see on sunday you know could possibly be walking around with oh my god yeah it's been the summer of love yeah <laughs> they said with covid <laughs> yeah so but yeah no I, I again like it's a, it's everybody's free to do whatever they want to do i just i i just the arguing should fucking slim down a little bit I, i'm definitely curious to see like how our scene's going to be moving forward now after all these it hasn't been like a ton of bickering, but I feel like there's been enough to where I'm going to be curious to see people like walk around each other again, you know? Yeah. So. I'm hoping it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit more pleasant, you know? Yeah. I think it will. Everyone kind of misses that old bullshit that they haven't had in a while. Just those yeah. acquaintances, you know, those acquaintances you don't realize how important they are. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's how I'm looking at it too. And it's Labor Day weekend too, which is always like a fun weekend to just kind of, chill and and like we've referenced quite a few times this episode it's a party weekend you oh, know yeah. so it'll definitely be fun just walking around and and saying what's up to a lot of people we haven't seen in a long time so amongst uh, ourselves yeah <laughs> so i guess kind of wrapping things up though like what do you like what are you like most looking forward to doing with the band like just being in borrowed time now i'd say just playing shows and making new music i guess i mean yeah Playing shows is sick and also already wild. The bands that we're playing with already is like, to me, like crazy, you know, like Slapshot and Sheer Terror, which was original the first show that we had lined up. And then we're playing with Madball, which is, it's wild. You know, I know we're going to have other stuff because Brendan, you know, so it's just, it's, it's, it's a huge, huge opportunity. And I'm not like I'm making sure to keep myself in check in every way possible because this is a huge, you know, huge opportunity and it could, it could be some fun. And like Dave's been my boy for forever, so just finally being in a band with him too, like he's himself, like you know, finally being in a band together, it's you know, it's crazy, it's sick. So, yeah, Dave's a good dude. Shout out to Dave Larson. Shout out to Bar the whole Borrowed Time. I'm I'm stoked that you're in the band, man. Like like we were saying tonight and on the episode with Aiden, you know, it's just, it's definitely gonna be cool to see. So, yo, that's who you got to interview sometime is Dave. That dude, he's been in so many bands throughout yeah. the years. He was in Life Ruiner. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I would definitely, I would definitely like to talk to him. I mean, you know, I haven't talked to him since the, as well, I think the last time I talked to you, like I said, was the Doyle Memorial, unfortunately, but, you know, I think saw you guys going to do something, uh, <laughs> something or other, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think I, I declined at the time, but I'm, uh, 
back back chilling back in the backyard every night i can't i can't lie you know so <laughs> you're saying man whatever keeps the demons at bay <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 been a rough year man we got to keep ourselves sane somehow or another Definitely. so yeah so i guess that, that pretty much wraps up what i had uh, do you have anything else that you want to add or anything i don't think so i'm just looking forward to the show you know i'm stoked to see everybody and sure i'll see you that'll be dope and yeah we'll be crazy to see what happens at this show like we just saying with the mask and everything and it's a sold out show and you know missing links for a show and you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a heavy hitter it's gonna be crazy yeah yeah it's gonna be dope well yeah man i definitely appreciate you doing this interview tonight man so thank you for uh, having me yeah no problem all right well i guess that wraps up episode 40 as always, you can find the podcast on the web at enterprisehardcorepodcast.com. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Enterprise Hardcore Podcast. Uh, check for the link in the, in the bio for uh, the city newspaper, Best of Rochester ballot. Make sure you vote for us, uh, number 107, Best Podcast. Uh, the next few episodes will feature Jimmy from Polar Bear Club, Dan Butson, uh, Gerald, and a few other people from the band Hourglass. And we'll have a few other episodes coming up uh, too. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and stay safe.